Hi, I'm Jen Gibson, and this is Brain Weasels, recorded in Little Rock, Arkansas at Wolfman Studios. As a disclaimer, no one in this episode is a mental health professional. Now, later in the program, I will be talking to Maggie Parrish about anxiety and circus arts. But first, we start with tattoo artist Lee Dandy and the Sanchez system on the second half of our conversation about Twin Peaks. We had been discussing the role of generational trauma and abuse. Did Laura Palmer make the decision to end a cycle of abuse? That's how Sanchek interprets this David Lynch masterpiece. I, I think Lynch is best when left open to interpretation and things like that. I, you know, there, I, don't, I would never dare say that there's any one way to interpret Lynch, but I think there's a lot of truth there that he tries to put out that a lot of people just miss it and look straight ahead at the horse in the living room instead of paying attention to, you know why exactly these sorts of things are happening and under what circumstances and why. Yeah. And I I also want to say too <laughs> speaking of that it's completely iconic and I I aspire to this the fact that like that interview with him where that guy's like would you elaborate on that and he just goes no. no. <laughs> I, I love that and because exactly that's it he's already elaborated on it how dare you. <laughs> yeah. First of all. So anyway yeah, I I can go on about any of it, including all the other characters, because there's just so many fascinating, like, it would be so easy for me to want to just diagnose people in that show and <laughs> just have fun with it. But but at the core of it, the reason I always want to talk about it is because there's there's something very real and serious at the core of it, I think. And oh, it doesn't get, it does not get discussed enough in my book. People get distracted by the weirdness. And they do. Yeah. I, do, I, I have to wonder, you know, how much of that is intentional like how how much did he want to distract you by just having all of these bizarre details i wonder if it's almost like a measure of how traumatized are you do you pay attention to the trauma and you relate to laura palmer or are you confused by the horse in the living room <laughs> oh, wow. yeah exactly people I, who aren't traumatized might not pick up on all the subtext and make those connections and they're just be like this show's so weird and quirky there's a fish in the percolator <laughs> yeah i, I really Which feel I, like... I did get hung up on a whole lot that was like they drank fish coffee I was really distressed. <laughs> Kyle doing the little thing with his tongue where he's like, <laughs> like that was just it kills me every time. But yeah, and 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 I think it's important to pay attention to those things too because that is also one of those things that the show talks about is that um, everything goes on, life goes on, and and you know no matter what other trauma is happening to anybody or you know what's happened in your small town or the funeral there's there's always other things and i think there's also a lot of fun and quirky and positive stuff and it's a very funny show and there's a reason you end up loving all of the characters um and it's just there's a lot through production that can help make some of the weirder choices make more sense you know where it's like this happened because of interference or this happened because it was a random detail and it was just happening and they just let it go and just mm -hmm. said cut and print and you know so that can help but but ultimately i think it's just that the world never stops being the world no matter what happens you know you can have this nice sweet girl with a double life who dies and everybody cares about it and everybody misses her and it, uh, it everybody's caught dealing with her problems way po you know past the actual event but everything else still happens too and that's that's also i guess a way that it can really feel as a trauma survivor who's still alive is just you know 
it just still happens. And yeah. I'm trying to think of like a good example in my life where I've noticed that, but just that, I don't know. I, re I remember, I recall a, I don't remember what it was, but I read someone's account one time of their grandmother had just died and they were cleaning out her house and they were sitting in like their old sitting room with their favorite pillow and we're just kind of trying to sit in the grief and absorb it and they had to pee and they got really mad because I'm in the middle of this moment and how dare my fucking body have to keep, have to go back and still, you know, but that's just how it is. Yeah. Nothing stops. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think it might be an interesting conversation. Like how different would the show be if it was Leland who died and not Laura? Like, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. Um, because I think, you know, to face the same problem is, is it really feels like when you're in a generational trauma cycle, the people who pass, they don't ever really leave. Mm -hmm. You're, you're, you're still stuck with them. I mean, and this is me thinking about it from my own perspective as a, as somebody who's experienced like, uh, similar things. And, um, like it's years later and like, it was half my life ago when my dad died and I still deal with it. I still deal with shit like every day. Um, and it's, it's sometimes it's, you deal with it, seeing it in yourself the people who who left it's like you're doing the same things that they did and you're just like I don't want to be that person so it's almost like having to make the choice that Laura Palmer made every single day is to not be like that not be yeah. who that person is so it's a very relatable character <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah um well I think uh so we need to wrap up but what mm -hmm. do you have any final thoughts Offhand, just the, no other than the fact that it, it's just such a, a hugely dense show. Like I said, I could just go on forever because it, it's, she's not even the only person with any interesting yeah. <laughs> trauma-related stuff going on. Basically, every single character has something like that. Um, but I guess, I don't know. It just feel like I'm never done talking about it. Yeah. There's always something else. And then, and then getting into season three is a whole completely different story. Mm -hmm. Um so I just I, I should even try right now but I haven't watched season I highly yet, recommend if anyone out there is interested in watching it even after spoilers which I, I definitely suggest it regardless it's an experience so uh, watch season one and two watch the movie then watch season three um, don't watch the movie first don't watch you know do it in that order because it will benefit you in the yeah. understanding and the interpretation of those things so yeah, production yeah. order is usually the best way to go in for mm -hmm. the most part. Yeah. I had a, a, a friend who's a fan um, who explained to me what and what order to watch. Mm -hmm. So I was really glad that he did because um, it makes more sense that way. Yeah, it definitely does. Yeah, yeah it might get confusing otherwise. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I liked... Uh, Twin Peaks a lot I got more invested in it than I thought I would it took me a second because sometimes when I watch old tv shows I uh it's hard for me to get into it because it feels like it definitely feels like an old tv show and mm -hmm. so for a second like the pacing was we've learned so much about how to pace things in more recent years that shows have become much more easy to just get into and get going but back then they were still kind of easing into the pacing yeah. but after like the first episode or so uh the characters made it really easy to want to be invested in it because they're yeah. they're all great very interesting characters but um 
the noir aspect of it really sneaks up on you. And of mm-hmm. course I love it because again, I love noir. It's just my, my favorite. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm realizing that maybe the reason I love noir so much has a lot to do with also being a trauma survivor and somebody who deals with that a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe that is one of the biggest appeals to the genre for somebody like me is that it just, it, it doesn't, you ever get really annoyed by aggressive positivity? Yes. <laughs> yes. A lot of shows feel like that to me. And I'm just like, this is, isn't telling me anything new. I'm not really experiencing anything with this. I'm just irritated or just kind of bored. But then I watch a noir where it's like, oh, why would you watch that? I just feel horrible. I'm just like, I know. <laughs> I mean, it feels good. Point, point, point being, you know, That's familiar. Anyway. It feels familiar is what it, what it is. It feels familiar, and our brain seeks familiarity even when it's terrible. That's yeah. another thing that we get into with addiction. Is addiction is familiar. It was a familiar coping skill. It's how people cope mm-hmm. with a lot of extreme traumas. They'll go to addiction because they don't have any other coping mechanisms. Yeah. I was speaking to a client about this more recently, um, and they were telling me that they were. Um, talking to their therapist they recently got more into therapy so super proud of them they started seeking help for uh, an issue and um, talking about how hard it is to find new coping skills that hit the same Mm -hmm. nothing quite hits the same as that that old thing that you did like at a younger age that you've done for a long time that really familiar thing nothing nothing hits your brain chemicals quite like familiarity that's because we built up a lot of experiences around that subject and in order to find a new coping skill you also have to go back to building up experiences related to that coping skill that will eventually make it feel the same and that's a lot of investment i mean you probably spent years on this one coping skill so that's why it feels so good then you have to spend years again on this new coping skill and this new way to self-regulate and it is a lot of investment to get into especially when you are still in the middle of the struggle it still sucks Mm -hmm. every day is still terrible you want to cope all the time but again do you go back to the old ways do you go like Gihun and go back to gambling or you try something new? You know, you go like Laura Parma and say, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. Now for a completely different topic. Christy Seats and I have a chat with Maggie Parrish about what it means to be a circus arts performer with anxiety. So I am here with my new co-host, Christy Seats. Say hello. Hi. <laughs> In her typical delicate little voice. <laughs> I have many of them. <laughs> you never know which, which one's going to come out. And we're talking to Maggie Parrish today. And I love your scrunchie. Your, Thank you. <laughs> it's nice and... and TJ Maxx special, y'all. It's shimmery. I love it's it. It's very circusy. I yes, very circusy. I'm trying to really embrace the circus performer um, aesthetic. And I, just, I made... I make a lot of statuses when I'm in my head and I just made it a point to say, you know, I'm going to really embrace the leggings and tights mm-hmm. and sweatshirt nice. and circus aesthetic. Yes. Cause that, that's who I am. I, I'm really great. embracing her. That's great. Yeah. Embrace her. It's like a, not an alter ego, but a part of you that you need to, to nourish. Yes. Very much. Very yeah. much so. Yeah. So Maggie does Lyra. Lyra, I said it right? Yes. Okay. Um, which is, um, explain what it is. I'll let you do that. Lyra, um, it's most commonly referred to as an aerial hoop. Anytime you hear the word Lyra, think aerial hoop. And what an aerial hoop is, it's an apparatus that circus performers use to do lots and lots of spins in the air and mm-hmm. complicated maneuvers. And I was just telling Christy and, uh, or Chrissy, I'm sorry, 
Christy. Um, it's Christy. Christy. You got okay. it right. <laughs> uh, Chrissy um, and Jen, that even some of the most simple maneuvers are some of the hardest, but they make mm-hmm. it look so easy and so fluid. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine that it's pretty difficult. You're sitting in a hoop. Mm. Um, and it hurts. The hoop does hurt. I have bruises on the backs of my legs and on my bottom to prove it. Oh, oh, I bet. Very much. So, Maggie, yes. let's go ahead and get vulnerable right off the bat. What mental health issues are you dealing with? So, um, I have a lot of anxiety, generalized anxiety, um, and just recently I've discovered that it goes further than that um, into separation anxiety, which I am currently working on right now, as well as object permanence, believe it or not. Um, And I also, and I'll get more into that in a little bit if you'd like. Yeah. Um, And I also have... Depression, which um, does run on both sides of my family, more predominantly in my mom's side and my dad's is the anxiety. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of other mental illness that are just lurking beneath the surface, but I haven't I haven't found them yet. Um, but that's a big struggle. Yes, very big, very big. Mm-hmm. And it and it is very true what they say. It can interfere in your day-to-day life like it's Mm. it can just because you can't see the illness with the naked eye it doesn't mean it's there it doesn't mean it's not there I'm sorry Mm -hmm. um it's very much there and sometimes for no reason that's a lot of what people don't understand oh well why are you so upset I don't know it just Mm -hmm. happens like I don't have to you don't have to have a specific cause it's as simple sometimes as a misfire in your brain chemicals in your brain um and it's very like I say it's very much there it is very Mm -hmm. much there when did you start to notice it um I think when I was I think it was starting to show itself when I was maybe as young as five or six but I really didn't get deep into it until I was about 15 or 16 and I was put on medication for it. Um, so I think about five or six as young as five or six, but we didn't at the time know what it was or think that it would be anxiety. Yeah. That's intense to do, to, to be dealing with that as a young child. And I have some experience with that as well. I had a lot of anxiety as a kid, um, you know, nervous breakdowns because Very, of homework yes. and things like that. Mm-hmm. Teachers. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's hard on a kid and it affects you as you age. Well, and not to cut you off. And I, I will try not to do that because I'm really bad at cutting people off when they're mid sentence. No, I was done. It just brings up a good point that I'm an only child as well. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot of pressure put on me as a child. Um, they, my parents out of the goodness of their heart, they thought they were doing what was best for me. They really, they, they are, they were hard on me as a kid because they wanted me to be my absolute best. And I was around adults a lot of the time. So a lot of pressure was put on me. Mm -hmm. And as an adult, I put a lot of pressure on myself and my parents are like, well, don't be so hard on yourself. And I'm just kind of thinking, um, it's kind of been ingrained in my brain. Yeah. As I was a kid and growing up, because when you're a child, your brain is still forming and learning how to process stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. 
Yeah. And uh, I mean, it sticks with you. It very much does. It becomes, you know, some core memories. Then there's not a lot that you can do um, to eliminate that, but you can learn to deal with it. Absolutely. Um, So tell me, does doing... I'm going to say it again. Uh, wrong. Lyra? Yes. Lyra. You said it right. You said it right. I thought it was Lyra at first, too, because yeah. it's spelled L-Y-R-A. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got it. Okay. So, uh, does that help you at all? It absolutely helps me because, and I say this all the time, and I think this almost every time that I do practice and train with it, anytime, as soon as I sit in the Lyra and start to work on maneuvers and as soon as I start spinning everything goes away nice and what replaces that for me is just it's synonymous with bliss Mm. like it's so blissful it's almost like okay you don't have to think about anything else and when you're doing maneuvers you really don't have time to think about anything else Mm. because if you do if you suddenly get sidetracked you're going to fall out of the hoop you don't it doesn't matter if you're two feet off the ground or 15 feet off the ground if you're not focused on Lyra and what you're doing in the hoop you're you're gonna get hurt so Mm -hmm. yes it does help me because it lets me know hey you don't really have time to think about anything else but what you're doing and it's creative i mean people don't think always think about um the performing arts whenever they're thinking about art and that's something that that you don't have to be on stage to do. Absolutely. You can do it in a gym. Mm-hmm. You can do it um, in a D&D game, you know, Absolutely. acting or LARP. I talk about LARP in I a couple of episodes. LARP. I love LARP. Um, yeah, and it's really healthy for you. It so, is. So, um, and it helps you get into shape. Mm-hmm. It absolutely helps you get into shape and you use muscles that you didn't even think about you had to use like for instance my finger it's still injured from the first or second time I ever did Lyra like you there's so much that goes into it that I don't think people realize wow all the way to your fingers yes so your absolutely whole body. so and I tell people anytime you see me doing this twisting my wrist or flexing my fingers I'm just warming up these muscles because uh-huh. you have to use them um yeah sorry to get on that tangent no but it just brought up a that's good to know absolutely it my shoulders hurt my hips hurt the backs of my legs hurt like everything hurts because you literally have to use every part of your body when you're doing that because it's go ahead uh well I was going to ask if you have a goal of performing yes I do I um I want to join Cirque du Soleil ultimately awesome I, I really do want to join it um I have people that live in Michigan that I go see very often um and Michigan is about five hours away from Montreal the headquarters of Cirque du Soleil so I have some connection and I also go to Gemini Fitness which is an amazing gym if you're in the Little Rock area check out Gemini Fitness off of Center Street in Maine and that's where I train very friendly very goal oriented um which is really nice for me because i am i am a larger person and that's that's okay i've made peace with that and i've accepted that that's what i have to work with but they are more focused on getting you to reach new goals and set new goals and push yourself Mm -hmm. so lots of stuff that goes into it for me do you do anything else besides the Lyra? I do dance um, and I do special effects makeup. I'm dabbling in that. Um, and that actually brings up a good point. Anytime I go to the gym 
to train with Lyra, I always do my makeup like I'm about to perform a show. So the light around my eyes, the dramatic eyes, the lips. That's fun. So I'd take on, I really, I told y'all before we started, I really am trying to embrace the performer aesthetic and I really, really like it. It's a lot of fun. It makes me think of that saying, just for the job you want. Absolutely. 100%. I didn't even think about that. I didn't even think about that. I did want to ask you about dancing because you did mention that you've been doing that for a very long time. Yes, since I was two years old, really. I think I've just been a performer since I was two years old. I just, I've always loved to entertain. It's just, it's really not even for the notoriety or the recognition from people I just I love it it just really makes me happy makes me very happy gives me that dopamine I'm looking for so did you take dance lessons I did I did I started taking when I was two years old and I'll be 31 in June so well almost almost three decades almost 30 years as like I say I started taken when I was two and I've done tap I've done lyrical jazz and what I like to call character because we'll take songs from movies and Broadway shows and I'll dance to those um so I I love to dance I, I just like to move and music if if you took a look at my music library it is all over the place but 95 percent of it is if it has choreography potential it goes on my phone Cirque, mm-hmm. dance wise doesn't matter yeah so, so body movement yes. i mean that is a, that is a an interesting type of creativity um and it's a huge part of circus arts oh yeah a very huge part of it yeah um yeah and they make it look so easy so easy <laughs> and so fluid it's uh i my i am not close friends with my body like we i there are things i want it to do that it just will not mine too um, so um i i've not a dancer i've never been a dancer um i can you know move around yeah, <laughs> yeah. in an awkward jerking motions and, uh, <laughs> or just sway back and forth as and music you know, plays and i was watching the behind the scenes of Cirque du Soleil of their shows a lot of the athletes they don't know how to dance either mm-hmm. they're really good at movement really good on their hands but i mean movement is it's it's awesome yeah, it's really good. And I don't see anything wrong with swaying. Absolutely I not. Sway. I sway too. When I'm getting ready, I'll have my music going mm-hmm. and I just. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's soothing. It's yeah, very it soothing. It is soothing. Um, Gets but that blood flowing. Yeah. And there's something, um, something kind of calming about just moving to music or mm-hmm. sometimes energizing. It just depends on the music. Right. So when you are, that just brought up another question for me. When you're practicing, do you use music? Do you listen I do. to music? I do. Um, so you just, what kind of music are you listening to? It honestly could be anything. It could be a good Charlotte song. It could be a System of a Down song. It could be a Lady Gaga song or a Melanie Martinez song. Um, it really just depends on the type of flow that I have. I used one of my, uh, sometimes if you'll follow me on my Instagram, if you'll notice, I'll post the same flow, but to different songs just to see what kind of fits. Um, it, it really just depends on 
the flow that I use, the flow sequence or my mood that day. It just, I guess the overall answer is it just depends. It could be anything because what Cirque has taught me, there's no limit to what probably should rephrase that. I had it so well thought out in my head, (laughs) how I wanted to phrase it. Um, Nothing is impossible. Cirque has taught me that nothing is impossible. Um, So it, it just depends. Did you think like when you were dreaming about doing this, did you think it was a possibility? No, not at first. No, I was like, man, I wish I could do it, but I'm like, there's no way that I could do it. And now that I have the resources, I'm able to do it. I'm just kind of like, no, 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 this isn't happening. This isn't real. Mm. This isn't real. It's all, it's all just a dream because when I watch a show, it's almost like magic that you're not supposed to see as a kid. Yeah. Like when you're watching a magician, you're not supposed to know what's behind that curtain. You're not supposed to know how that illusion works. So to be granted access to a show, to see what seems inhuman from a trapeze artist or a contortionist or an aerial hoop artist. I'm like, this isn't real. It's magical. Like that's the main word that I could use to describe it. Yeah. So So what do you use as inspiration whenever you're, whenever you're thinking of like different movements to do in the Lyra? Um, I have a lot of, I have a few very good instructors who show us what to work on in class. I've, when I first started Lyra, I would pretty much go rogue and just play in the hoop and just spin around Mm because I I like to spin around. And so, but now I'm trying to rein myself back in and be like, okay, you have to watch the instructors and see what they're doing and pay attention to what they're trying to show you. Um, Mm -hmm. So the instructors help, or if there's a maneuver that I really would like to attempt, I'll bring it up to them and say, Hey, can we work on this? I really want to get this down pat. I just now got a maneuver called star down like really well. And I'm working on my man in the moon and we can go into that at another time. But it's mostly if I see a move that I want to do, I'll work on it and see if I have the skill set and the capability of it. And if I don't, I don't push myself. I've, you said you're not in touch with your body or you're not as close friends with your body as you would like to be. Neither was I, but now even as I'm losing the weight, since I had the weight loss surgery, I've really grown to know, Hey, I need to pay attention and be kind to myself. Mm -hmm. Cause I, I'm, I can push myself and push myself and push myself and be so hard on myself. Um, so yeah, I don't know how we got on that topic. I'm trying to rein that back in. No, I think that's a very good topic to be on. Um, because that, well, uh, let me ask you this. Is mm-hmm. that, is that part of your anxiety? Yeah. Is body anxiety? Absolutely. So how does that work? What's the voice in your head tell you? Voice in my head is, and, and even happened yesterday. I was really down and in my head yesterday because I didn't feel like I was as connected and as focused as I should have been. And I get really discouraged when I don't nail a maneuver the first time. Um, but I have really, yeah, (laughs) brain weasels. They, they like to pick on me. I'm like, okay. And I just, I just keep feeding them, but I'm learning to, 
listen to my instructors and listen to my body and not be so hard on myself and say, hey, it's okay if you don't get it. Because what I have found out is when I walk away from it and then come back the next week, I get it. Mm -hmm. I nail it the first time and I do it even better. So, yeah. And even if you didn't, don't be hard on yourself. Yeah. <laughs> it's not so easy. <laughs> You're right. It's not. It's not easy. <laughs> That's it's my worst thing is like, if I don't get it right the first time, I'm like, well, this just wasn't meant to be. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. I was just, I just disassociate. I almost, I do disassociate a lot of times. And I think that could be part of why. I do put walls up when I perform sometimes and when I do train because it's kind of like, oh, well, I didn't get it. I'm not focused enough. So maybe it just wasn't meant to be. Which is wrong. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's very wrong. It's very wrong. Yeah. Nobody is is perfect at anything right away. Um, I mean, the people who uh, you see who are so successful and you know this, like they fail they failed mm-hmm. a lot and right. they continue to fail a lot. They've just, um, they've done their, whatever they're experts in enough that they have some successes, but it's a numbers game. <laughs> it's like- it is a numbers game. And I've been told the more time that you spend in your Lyra, the more comfortable and the easier it'll feel. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm finding that to be very true. I have the calluses to prove it in the, residue from the sticky adhesive to prove it so i don't fall off when i grip the hoop and do something for circus arts okay can you tell me um more about the um the other aspects of it is that like you wanted to do more than just lira right yes um i would love to someday be able to do trapeze Mm. and aerial silks um hand balancing i i want to do it all to be honest even tumbling i would love to do it all so what's going through your head when you're um, there? Do you have, do the, does the anxiety all just go away? Most of the time it does, but you'll see I wrote down this this these two words, imposter syndrome. Mm. I have a lot of imposter syndrome that I do deal with and experience whenever I am training because... <laughs> especially if I've done something that's super impressive to other people, I'm just kind of sitting there like, I didn't do that. Mm. I don't, I don't, I don't feel like I deserve the recognition or the credit for it. Mm. I guess in a way I don't want it to go to my head. I don't think it will. It's not gone to my head. I always try to be very humble, but there is, my anxiety does go away for the most part Mm. because I'm not thinking about anything else. I'm in my happy place. I'm in my zone. I'm doing what I love, but it, it, it can creep back. Yeah. It can creep back into my head, especially I told y'all I'm still dealing with an injury from the second time I was in the hoop um, in my hand. It's kept me from doing a little bit of the maneuvers like the star because I do have to lean back and I do have to turn a certain way. And when I did the second time, it felt like a rubber band had snapped in my finger. Oof. So it was, it was not, not pleasant. Yeah. So, I guess to get some nerves about that. Yeah. Again, we were talking about the fear of injury. We don't want to get hurt. Yeah. Um, so do you think that your anxiety your generalized anxiety is getting better or is it just that you have, uh, moments while you're, while you're performing where you feel 
less anxious. I think I have moments where I'm less anxious when I'm performing. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just a relief. Yeah. It's a release and a relief to just not have to focus on that. Because as I said before, when you're doing this kind of stuff, you don't have time to think about it or you're going to get hurt Mm -hmm. and your fear of getting hurt will actually come to fruition. Yeah. So, (laughs) yeah. And that's, that's something that I I did as a kid as like, I would be so afraid of getting Mm -hmm. hurt that you would get hurt. hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yes. Bringing back some memories. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm not doing a very good job with my coaster. Um, I'm just not, not focusing on it, which is probably for the best because yeah. um, I'm trying to speak as well. Yeah, <laughs> I think it looks nice. I do too. Well, I just haven't gotten much on it. Hey, if it makes you feel better, I still can't color in the lines. I'm still getting outside of the lines a little bit. You can't tell. That's okay. Yeah, but the thing is, I can tell. I see it. I'm like, oh, why did you do that? Oh, it's all right. What's that called? Is there a name for that where you you see all of your imperfections that other people don't see? Anxiety. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. I thought about that too, though. Yeah, it's a thing. It is very much a thing. Or maybe I don't want to say OCD and it not be. Mm -hmm. Or no probably anxiety yeah i I think anxiety or maybe it's just uh self-esteem yeah (laughs) any medical health professionals listening to this please let us know (laughs) yes text in your answer too (laughs) yeah just uh yeah comment on uh comment on the podcast let us know um yeah, and just as a reminder, as you have heard in the beginning of the podcast, that I am not a therapist or any kind of mental health professional. I am just a crazy person. So Who <laughs> <laughs> likes to talk about it. Yes. Um, so, yeah, don't come to me for advice. Um, because my advice would be go to a therapist. It's always going to be go to the ther- mm-hmm. go to a therapist. Because um, that's the best place to be. Absolutely. Yeah. So what else do you want people to know Um, about circus arts, about anxiety? Talk to somebody. Mm -hmm. Don't just assume that you are alone because once you start opening up about how you're feeling um, inside, you'll find that, oh, well, I feel that way too. You'll find that from somebody else and you'll realize that it's not as taboo or uncommon as you may think. Um, listen to your instructors if you are thinking about doing circus arts um, and go for it because I was telling Jen I said when it comes to being a performer I want it all I want I love everything about it I love the rehearsals I love the training the costumes the makeup the music the late nights that you get in from after performing only to have to go or wouldn't turn around and do it again seven eight hours later like that that's what I want and you can do it you can do it you just gotta have access to the resource and you gotta have the mindset which I'm still getting into it's not gonna happen overnight but it it will happen if you want it bad enough yeah goes with anything yeah that's the thing you have to find something that you're passionate about and that can be hard um Mm -hmm. but hopefully if you're listening to this you're you're expanding your mind a little bit about what is possible and what is um what is art what is creativity because it's not just limited to a pen and paper or a paintbrush and paper or canvas it can literally be yeah 
Yeah, that. people always often think drawing, you yeah. know, um, and I, oh, man, I'm a terrible, terrible drawer. I am too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like to draw on my face, but yeah. mm. on pen and paper, mm-mm. Yeah, no, my, um, and, and we might actually do this at some point sketch, and um, Christy will definitely be better than me, because everyone is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, am I going to be surprised? Is that a challenge? <laughs> Let's see who can do the worst draw. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> I can, I'll draw a turtle from above. That's probably the best I can do. I Just used to circle. love to draw when I was a kid. And everyone would always, oh, you're so good. You're so good. You're so good. And like you were saying... All I saw was the imperfections. Absolutely. Like, I'm not very good. I'm, and I, I eventually just gave up on it because it wasn't – I didn't know the concept of practice. <laughs> I didn't either. It's, it was it's one either of, one and done. Yes. 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 One it's, and done for me. It's not perfect the first time. Forget about Forget it. Forget it. Absolutely. You know, you Same. Know, who knows what where I could be if I had known better all Absolutely. those years ago. Um, for me, there yeah. it's like kind of that black black and white concept mm-hmm. versus gray. For me, some most of the time, there is no such thing as gray. It's either right. this or it's that. Right. Yeah. Where does that come from? Anxiety? Um, Maybe. That, <laughs> <laughs> not everything know. is anxiety. I don't, you don't know that. <laughs> Maybe we it is, actually. Uh, maybe everything is anxiety. Um, it has a lot of grassroots. Yeah. It's grassroots for a lot of stuff. Yeah, it it really is. But there is something like, uh, I guess there's something different about people um, or some people, they understand practice and they, you know, it just kind of innately makes sense to them. Um, And then others who just assume that they're garbage if they can't do something immediately that, oh, this is trash. Um, At first, I thought I was garbage when I first started Lyra. But then as soon as I, but the first time I sat in a hoop and spun around, I was like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. But it comes with practice. Yeah. You can just pretend that nobody's watching. Right. And just have fun with it. Right. Yeah. And that's something that I think is really cool about it is that um, you can be free with your body. Yes. Well, to an extent. Yeah. (laughs) Don't hurt yourself, please. Let's not do that. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, well, um, is there anything else that we didn't talk about that you want to talk about? Um, I can't think of any. I know I touched that on that I have depression, but I think for me, anxiety plays more of a role with what I'm doing now mm-hmm. because there's not just anxiety itself. There's also performance anxiety. Like you get really nervous before a show. Um, I can't really think of anything else, though. Does that um, anxiety go away once you start performing? As soon as I start, as soon as I go out and do something, I'm like, okay, you have a choice. You can either bail and not do this at all and just be down on yourself, or you can just go out there and give it your best shot. And the latter is usually what happens. And then how do you feel afterwards? So good. Tired. (laughs) (laughs) At the time, you're not thinking about it because of the adrenaline that you get from performing. I feel like I've been all over the place, y'all. I'm so sorry. Because in my head, I'm chasing all these rabbits. Well, weasels, rather. <laughs> and I'm just not making coherent no, sense at all. No, you are. Yeah. See, I'm hard on myself. Don't mm-hmm. do that. But um, Stop apologizing. Stop it! Stop I'm very it. bad at apologizing. <laughs> very bad at doing that. And that's something else I have to work on. But You're doing great. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but it does, it does go away. It does go away once I perform. And as soon as I get done, I'm 
still feeling a little adrenaline, but then I'm it's back to reality. I'm like, oh, I did that. Wow. What the heck? I think that's a good place to end. Yeah. Uh, is there any other promotion, self-promotion you want to do? Um, if I'm allowed to. Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. Um, I'm on Instagram. You can find me um, on my extra spicy tiger roll. Um, or you can do follow me on my um, flow arts and Lyra page. It's lyrical L Y R A C A L underscore Gemini. Cause I am a Gemini as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that's on Instagram. I'm on TikTok. If you're wanting to follow me and I'm on Facebook as well. Great. D- well no, go ahead. I can't. I, I was just going to say, I shit post a lot there. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> a little fellow shit poster. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love that. <laughs> yeah, you two would get along. Absolutely. I'm going to add you on Facebook oh, as we're go, talking about it. Go for it. <laughs> I will gladly accept. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much yes, for being ma'am. here. Thank- oh, are you she, her? She, yes. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. That's our show for today. I hope you'll join us next week.